0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Escape Maker, hosting the Women in Food and Farming Festival on May 8th and 9th. Learn more at womennourish.com. This episode is presented by Chemists in
2: the Kitchen by LabX. A love letter to science, cooking, and individuality. Subscribe for free at youtube.com slash lab XNAS. This week on Meat and 3, we're
3: turning an eye to food at its trickiest. From imitation olive oil to the pretensions of 3D printers.
0: We were just doing like a birthday party for one of the employees, and we printed a steak just for fun.
2: You know, a grape Jolly Rancher isn't going to satisfy your craving for for grapes. So, I mean, in a sense, it kind of multiplies the the sensory qualities that we can love in the world.
4: So basically, you culture the cell in a bioreactor,
5: it grows, and then ultimately, at the end, you come out with a piece of meat
3: Tune in to Meet in 3, available wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one of your host, Darren Bresnitz. Hope everyone is taking care of themselves, taking space for your mental health, checking in with friends and family. If you need help or resources, please go to heritageradio.network.org. We are so happy to be sitting down with our longtime friend and the legendary pizza czar himself, Anthony Falco who has a new cookbook out, his first cookbook out, Pizzazar, out on Abrams, which is available for pre-order. We have a great conversation about his journey through pizza, traveling the world for pizza, the benefits of a great white pizza, and just uh, when it's appropriate, if ever, to name a pizza after yourself. And then we dig into the Brooklyn Archives, where we hang out with X and Y, one of our two favorite favorite people to swing into the studio and a all-time classic performance on Snacky Tunes. So here we go. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes on HRN.
6: We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snack.
5: Anthony, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Always so good down to sit with you. Congratulations on the new book. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to talk to you again.
7: And, uh, yeah, thanks for the book. I mean, uh, for checking it out. It's a uh,
5: long time in the making and very, very happy to have it finally get out in the world. Yeah, you know, you talk about, and this is later in the book, about international consulting mm. as part of, part of your big job and how, you don't like to really do improvements. You really are drawn to new projects because you like working on concepts from the ground up. And as you sit here with your first book, what is it about new projects and a new venture that excites you the most? Yeah, it's it's
7: um, starting a restaurant from scratch and creating a cookbook. I, there's a lot of similarities, actually. You know, mm. I mean, it's like um, there's. You know, there's like just the name of the book, Pizzas Are, and then it has my name at the bottom. But there's so many people that you know were a part of it, and I think that's like a restaurant too. Like there's the name of the restaurant and there's the chef, and that's what people know. And you know, but it that that is definitely something that I felt like was a similarity. Is there's just it it takes just such a huge team to really make it happen and get it across the finish line. But yeah, in, in my consulting life. I don't like to fix people's, uh, it's just not what I do. there's other people that do that. Um, like if there's something wrong with your pizza or your restaurant, then it's probably, you know, it's probably a reason. And, you know, I, I like, I just prefer to start from scratch because also that really is what, you know, that's what my skill set is. You know, like that's kind of what being the pizza czar was about was like, yeah, I'm not always just in my whites in the kitchen. There's other people that were doing that. Like sometimes I'm driving a refrigerated truck. Like sometimes I'm pouring over architectural designs or, uh, going to a factory to look at some kind of new piece of equipment or touring, a, a flour mill or a mozzarella plant or something like that. So mm. it's, it's kind of like starting a project from scratch. Um, you know, it really utilizes all those skills and then it allows me to do the most important thing for these projects to be successful is to pick the right clients, you know, like, mm. and I think that's, I've been very lucky to have just a list of like super, um, just awesome clients around the world. Started with my first client in Brazil who are operators. Shout yeah. Shout out to Braz Electrica and the whole team of partners there. Um, I mean, it's a, giant company and they're just operators like they're like the union square hospitality of brazil so like they knew exactly what they wanted from me um and then they are able to do all the other stuff and you know we can make we we were able to make a project that was amazing and we found a great chef and paul cho i mean super super talented chef for four years, we've collaborated in person and then remotely. And, you know, I mean, that's really the name of the game is principals who are committed operators Um, and then an on-the-ground chef who is going to work with me, you know, to collaborate on the project where, you know, they're there, on, they're on the daily in there executing. And I'm just kind of giving them all of my experience, you know, and mostly what I'm giving people are
5: just all of the mistakes that I've made, you know. i mean that's that's sort of what i love about this book is that it really is it's your story i actually saw it as there's like four different ways into this book right you have the i just want to make pizza at home right i want to get into the business of pizza the consulting part which you just touched on a little bit um you know, sort of where to eat pizza all over the world. Cause I was definitely taking notes of like, okay, when we can travel again, I'm getting a slice here. I'm getting a slice there. I was mad at myself cause I was in Tokyo five years ago and I didn't know about a pizza place and I was kicking myself or something I didn't know existed. So, you know, a bit of a travel book. And then the final part, a philosophy book on pizza, right? Because there's a lot of like pontification. Um, how did you, which is a lot for a book, but like, how did you take all of your knowledge, all of your personal experience and filter it into like one cohesive book. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it.
7: it's a process, you know, and it, it evolved a lot. But I think one thing I had going for me is I'm, I've am i never really been a cookbook person. Like I never mm. really learned, I, I never really like was one of those chefs who like, oh, this new cookbook came out and I'm reading it and cooking from it. I just, I never like, I never really did that. I learned from other people I worked with. I learned from just trial and error. I would – I mean I had like the one cookbook that I really like took a a lot from was Marcella Hazan's Essentials of Italian Cooking because I feel like that just like gives you a base for Italian food and cooking Italian-American and Italian food. It's like you can take any of those pasta dishes and like kind of then – in a few steps, have a pizza, you know, that is a great combination of flavors. Um, So I really kind of looked at it just was like, okay, well, I'm not trying to fit this into some like an existing paradigm of a cookbook. So I'll just do what I want to do. So there's like my illustrations are in there, you know, because I wanted. Yes. you know, I've always just been someone who who drew, you know, and I wanted to put my drawings in a published book. That's like a dream come true for me. Um, I wanted to tell stories because like, you know, as I was writing the book, I was out doing this. And so i it made sense to kind of tell the stories of the recipes that were being developed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just kind of threw it all down on paper and then like, um, with the idea of like, yes, I have a philosophy on pizza. I have a lot of ideas about pizza just from doing it for 15 years oh, yeah. and You know, like one of the things that is a big part of it is like the four different styles of dough that are in there. Sure, and they all kind of represent history of the history of pizza, and then also they
5: represent personal his pizza experience that I've had in my life, and history of the world too. I mean, there is definitely some good understanding. Like, for example, the connection of unassumingly connected locations, like. Connecticut and Buenos Aires, you know, like having these parallels to the world where I'm just like, oh, I didn't understand even all the way up to Toronto, where it's like, oh, you can see the migration of the world. And why did they leave Italy? Well, was the unification of Italy. And so like you get a little bit of a history lesson of it. But that's the great thing about food and doing a deep dive into one subject. You're like, yes, pizza is universal. And because it's so universal, this is a better way to understand the world and maybe the people in it.
7: Yeah, and 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 it's also part of the that the fact that like I got this cookbook deal, and I feel very lucky to to have this opportunity. But I really was trying to like, okay, well, pizza is the thing that's given me this opportunity. But I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze in my true passions in life. Like I said, I already talked about the drawing, but also history. Like that was like if I had, you know, if I could have just done anything in my life, I probably would have just studied history and tried to become a history professor or something. I don't know how that would have worked out for me. Like I couldn't wait to get out of school, but when I, (laughs) so like, but I, but I, in my personal life, I just, that's what I read is history books, you know? And so, and then combining that with the travel, I feel like you can read as much, you can sit and read history and you can read books, but until you're confronted face to face with these you know, things in real life. Like for instance, I love Roman history. I think it's amazing. I read a lot of it, but until you see the size and scale of the Roman ruins, I mean, you just can't really wrap your head around it, you know? Um, and like going, you know, Brazil was just this kind of idea in my brain that was like, didn't occupy a lot of space before I went there. It was like soccer and, you know, samba and, you know, like beaches (laughs) and Rio, I think is what most people think. It wasn't, I wasn't like a big, I didn't imagine myself going to Brazil. Um, And so when I went there, you know, I mean, I, Rio was very cool, but like I, when I went to Sao Paulo, I was just instantly obsessed because here is basically like, you know, a city i like i just didn't really realize like what a huge multicultural international massively influential global center sao paulo is mm. and as a food city you know there's not too many cities in the world where like are that are like new york where there's like you know you want great sushi you want great ramen you want great you know tacos you want italian whatever you want anything you want like you know I, like, I love Mexico City. I think it's, like, one of my favorite cities in the world. But, I mean, it's very much, you know, the capital of Mexico, cuisine. you know. Yeah. And so, like, you can get any kind of Mexican food. And there's great Chinese food and other stuff there. But it's not the same sure. way. They have very much a culinary culture, you know. That and, and Sao Paulo is, like, it's very much a culture of immigrants from, you know, Japan and Italy and the Middle East And those are kind of the foundations of the food scene there. And then there's all these international layers because it's such a big international city. So like, you know, I just didn't realize that till I got there. And then, you know, it's, uh, it, it became something that has now been a lifelong kind of just connection for me. And I've made some of my best friends are there and it's, you know, I learned a lot. And then, then circling back and reading books like 1491 and 1493 that are based on Alfred Crosby's, you know, kind of treaties on the Colombian exchange, the ecological imperialism, you know, you really start to go around the world and you see how these ingredients moved around and that the entire world that we know and every food from every culture is, is completely influenced by this period of the last 500 years when these new world and old world ingredients got all mixed up. So I try to squeeze a little bit of that in there
5: too. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I uh, it's it's fun because you can just walk away with a lot of different little nuggets, right? And that just keeps adding to it. It's like, wait, so when you make a pizza, you're like, I understand the history. I understand the approach. I understand um, the context, the people behind it and things like that, which is, you know, uh, tough to do out of say a more standard cooking book or, or or cookbook as they're more commonly referred to not a cooking book um, <laughs> but part of what i think allows it to happen is the actual the design of the book and the flow yeah and you know i've known your artwork forever i i dm you all the time when you put up a cool drawing um, but how are you able to because you know that's not always the same in a, a standard endeavor as a chef or as a writer that you also get to put your drawings in the book. Usually they're like, thank you so much, chef. We'll take it from here. Um, so how did the artwork get in? How were you able to, to convince Abrams, the publisher to let you do so many of your drawings and, and and the layout of the book?
7: Yeah. I mean, partly that was just picking Abrams, you know, it's like they mm. are, they're small and they kind of, you know, that's, like I talked to some other publishers, but like Abrams to me, you know, I talked to some friends who had cookbooks with them and they're like, look, they're going to make you, they're going to make you, or let you make the book you want to make, you know? And then, you know, I mean the way the flow works and everything, I mean, got to give a big shout out to Shannon Kelly, our editor. Shout out. Yeah. She, you know, did an incredible job and the design, You know, there's my designs, and you know, I think the part of it that really why it all works together is he saying, the designer she just also just killed it. She was able to take my, you know, I was probably one of the few cookbook authors who was like sent font suites over, you know, to be like, (laughs) like I really love Avant Garde, you know, we're gonna have to put that in there. and she was cool with
5: it and just ran with it. And we were able to do something that was collaborative, you know? I love it. That collaboration is really what makes the best the best type of product. Um, now, before we go to break, uh, I would love 30 seconds, a minute, on what I think is the number one takeaway of making the best pizza in the book. And it's not the ingredients. I mean, it is. And it's not the location, and it sort of is, but really what I read over and over again is consistency, right? And there's something about, like, stretching that dough, that Sisyphean effort where you get up every day and you roll that ball of dough up the hill to stretch it out again and again. But why was yeah. it throughout your whole career and all of your work that consistency is the best ingredient for success?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's um... – part of my pillars of success in the restaurant business is like number one is actually cleanliness. And like, so number one is like all about being organized and clean and having your music. I mean, I saw cleanliness that. in the book, yeah. but, but that but, wasn't as, that no, wasn't
5: as fun to talk about.
7: Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely like, you know, <laughs> that also kind of goes without saying, but consistency is the whole thing because yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, there's a bit of contradiction in there in the book. And it's like in the sense that I say like, look, I mean, my biggest influence was someone who um, culinary influence was my great-grandmother, Lena, who, you know, never measured anything out, never wrote, worked from a recipe, you know, but you're not my great-grandmother, Lena. You have not just been cooking for people since you were a child. So you don't, her consistency comes out of a just, you know, like she knows dedication to just
5: doing it every single day. You, I bet if you looked at her ingredients and you parse them out, it would be sure so much more consistent than we think it is. Yeah.
7: But so you're not her. So what do you do? And how do you make great pizza? Well, it's like, everything is going to be changing temperature, time, air pressure, flour, all this stuff. So like, it's all about like mitigating that change by using something like a scale and a gram scale and setting timers and and being as consistent as possible but also if you the part of that consistency too is if you vary off of that just make a note of it because you Mm. could stumble on this like the other day i was making a book a recipe from the cookbook the sicilian grandma recipe and you know you mix and then you rest and then you mix again and then there's a three-hour period of of bulking where you do stretch and folds every 30 minutes and then at the end of that, you're supposed to take the dough out, and portion it, and then let it relax and press it out into the pans. Um, and so I fell asleep. Uh, like I just, <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna lay. It's like midnight. I'm just gonna lay down in my bed and I'll just nap. Dirt, and then I'll portion for in 30 minutes. They didn't set a time or anything. And I woke up the next day, and so the, the had been bulking overnight, and the dough was very big. And I was like, oh shit. This is not how it's supposed to happen, um, but I portioned it up and I just went with it anyways, and it turned out great. So, like, I kind of, yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, well, this may be a new method. And the the recipes from the start when I, we started this cookbook three years ago to the final recipes, I mean, the final, it's like I would change them again right now if I could, you know, because sure. it's like, yes, be super consistent, but at the same time, you know, be prepared to change and. The only way that's going to happen, though, is if you're like taking notes of what's happening and you know when you did make a change that it should be the new standard operating procedure.
5: Yeah. Well, listen, when we get back, we're going to talk about some of those recipes and some of the approaches in the book. Uh, We have a song from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on HRN.
6: Killed a bear in Nepal For recreation, it was nothing at all Let's compare scars Check out the one on my back Tips for survival in a panther attack And so the beast got away Not before I tagged him with my homing dart Lives in the trees anyway Won't be long before I tear this place apart Tear this place apart apart. tear apart. Tear this place apart Said this place so far We met a mountain man While we were setting up camp He had a rifle and he carried a lamp I asked him where he's headed He said somewhere up north I asked him what he's doing And I said I'm rich and I'm bored Travel world for a change looking for somewhere to hunt some game business is good, I can't complain, but city living has me going insane and I can't take anymore can't take anymore trap which this panther couldn't resist i had to call it all off continue the trip it's a matter of time. And so the beast got away and not before I tag him with my homing dark lives in the trees anyway. Won't be long before I tear this place
1: up far. This episode is brought to you by Escape Maker, hosting the Women in Food and Farming Festival. This Mother's Day weekend, May 8th and 9th, EscapeMaker.com will present the first annual Women in Food and Farming Festival at Stone Ridge Orchard in New York's Hudson Valley. That's just two hours outside of New York City in Ulster County. The two-day hybrid live and virtual event, open to the public, will honor and celebrate women-owned businesses in the food, farm, and craft beverage spaces and provide entrepreneur resources. A live farmer's market on May 8th will host dozens of women farmers and craft beverage and food producers, with products ranging from cakes and cookies, to fresh veggies and honey, to hot sauces and teas, all locally sourced and produced. For those not able to attend in person, there will be a virtual experience on May 9th. It will include 25 online tours, demos, and educational presentations on various topics, on demand for the public and trade. Learn more at womennourish.com.
4: Welcome
5: back to Snacky Tunes. We're here with Anthony Falco, a.k.a. Pizza Czar, which is also the name of his first and new cookbook slash philosophy book out on Abrams. Uh, You know, one of the best insights in the book, in addition to the consistency, is you talk about telling a story with your toppings which i never actually thought about before um but i'm on the same camp of you i am i am a, edit your toppings be smart about what you put on your pizza uh i love the concept of like the dartboard pizza which is sort of like the kitchen sink pizza which is like throwing everything on it which i i can't stand i'm like a two toppings at most guy right yeah um but you know you you there's the like, oh, tell a story, and you're like, oh, okay, it's like tomatoes and spinach, but you go deeper than that, right? Because you talk about like pizza toppings in Brazil and how it's been around since 1911 and how you can actually tell the history of a place with the toppings on a pie. Yeah. Um, why is it important to understand both the topping combinations that exist and the, what they represent, but then also applying that mentality to when you're creating new pies as a pizza maker?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think – a lot lot of that is rooted in Italian and Italian-American cooking. I mean, if you think of just like pastas, the names of the pastas and dishes, you know, like they tell stories. Like carbonara, it's like a whatever, like a coal miner or like, you know, marinara, this is what a a sailor eats when he comes on shore. And there's there's always little funny stories that go along with all these dishes. Um, But then the other side of that is that you should think of all your ingredients as a cast of characters and there should be a main character. Ooh. There should be a protagonist, you know, like right now I just went to the market this morning and you know, I was hopeful for spring ingredients, but it was a, uh, it was a little sparse. So I was only able to get some garlic chives and some green garlic, which green garlic is one of my favorite spring ingredients. Oh yeah, I love it. So what I'm going to do is make a pizza tonight and it's, you know, green garlic is going to be the main character. Garlic in general is going to be in the main character. So I'm going to use regular garlic. I'm going to use green garlic. I'm going to use garlic chives. And so what I'm going to do is going to try to make like ultimate garlic bread, you know, so I'll take the Mm. garlic chives and I'll chop them up and I'll fold them into some fresh ricotta and then I'll like – roast some garlic bulbs, maybe in some butter. I don't know what I'm and like, make some like garlic butter kind of thing. And then I'm going to have this green garlic, which is going to go raw on the base and cook underneath all of the cheese and the mozzarella. And then I'll do some Parmesan and some basil and some parsley on there. And it's like, it'll be, you know, but I mean, when you go to the farmer's market and you get these garlic chives and the green garlic fresh, it's like, there's going to they deserve to be protagonist because it's not just garlic, you know, from the supermarket. I mean, it's like we're taking garlic in every stage of it's, you know, like being, and we're translating it into something. And it's like, well, what's everyone knows what the protagonist of garlic bread is, you know, garlic. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Yeah. And And I, I, that creative challenge is what also takes you to another level. You know, I think that idea of just being like, this is what I have to work with. This is, this is the story that I can tell because this is what the market and the season or the location has provided. Um, yeah. So
7: like which for, is, in
5: Brazil, there's this mashed potato pizza. Yeah. And, um And you, know, you have a whole section on mashed potatoes and potatoes on pizza, which <laughs> I, I grew up and there was like, there was a place called Pizza Pizza that did like the weird combinations back in the nineties. And so I was like, I've seen starch on pizza before yeah but if you've never had something like that um it can be a a novel approach
7: yeah i mean um you know this just like comes from being you were there in the early days of uh uh, roberta's Roberta's. i mean it comes from being a stoner and just being like you know like dude let's do a mashed potato pizza i love mashed potatoes it's like one of my favorite foods and one of the reasons i got into cooking because like my mom was so bad at making mashed potatoes i love you mom (laughs) I hope she doesn't listen to this, but she was so bad at making mashed potatoes that I just wanted to know why were they good sometimes? Why did they come out gummy sometimes? Like what is, what is happening here? And consistency. Yeah. Consistency, you know, like, so, so like I love mashed potatoes, but then like, um, so we made this pizza in Brazil and it was called the super tramp because Benny Novak, um, the chef he's just like, he's also a musician and just like one of the coolest guys in the world. So like one of my favorite chefs, super, super talented Italian chef in, in Brazil, one of the partners um, at the company that I work with there. And, um, you know, we went around, and I was eating a lot of food, like Brazilian food. And one of the things that I noticed is that eggs, first of all, is like, you know, all day, all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, uh, like, adding fried egg to lunch, adding a fried egg to dinner. It's like, which is great. You know, eggs are, and they have great eggs. So I wanted to do a pizza that was, that featured eggs. And so we got some pancetta and then we did mashed potatoes and we called it the super tramp because that's breakfast in America (laughs) is eggs and bacon and uh, potatoes. But in Brazil, it's kind of like all day and it was going to be lunch. So, um, and we use the technique of splitting the whites and the yolks. And so you get these beautiful runny yolks on top with the fat mm-hmm. and the mashed potatoes that suck them up. And yeah, I mean, it's, uh,
5: you know, I mean, why not, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, yeah, it's, well, I mean, look, I'm i I'm a breakfast all day type of guy. I'll, I'll do two eggs toast and, and potatoes for dinner. Yeah. If the situation calls for it. Um, I was happy to also see in the book the love given to a good white pie. Yes. Because I I will sometimes catch shit for ordering it. Mm. I've always held a high respect for it. But what I understand is that there's really good white pies and that's why it got popular. And then there's like the like derivative of like 20 or 30 years of bad white pies. Yeah. Um, can you give me a little bit of love for white pies and why you wanted to have a specific call out for that in the book?
7: Yeah. I mean, I, I love white pies. I think it also comes from being in a place where you're always trying to put something new on the menu and, and not just like executing the same thing over and over again. And tomato can be a, uh, you know, it can be a limiting factor, you know, I mean, it's got a lot of acid in it. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's red. So if you're trying to, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to kind of have a different color palette, then, um, sure. so uh, like, I love a white pie. Like I, one of the first, you know, kind of like pizzas, like, I, like I had chefs coming in, you know, and they always had like ideas of doing things based more on like kind of French culinary traditions. And so like, you know, tart flambe, is like kind of could be called kind of a pizza. So I think that's great. You know, I love the flexibility of it because you can really, you know, start, you can have, um, different vegetables or proteins be the focus. Um, you know, like, I mean, God, there's such a variety of white pies in the book from the clam pie to the Mm. shrimp scampi pizza. Um, Shout out Charleston. Yeah, to Charleston. Yeah, exactly. And Jonathan Caldas, who took me to Tarvin Seafood to go pick up shrimp that got right off the boat and blew my face off. I mean, it was just so good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's like there's, you know, I do talk about like defining terms and like what pizza is, and pizza is dough sauce, cheese, like tomato sauce. Like, there's yep. no, every pizzeria, you know, has. You, you won't find a pizza that doesn't have tomato sauce, but, you know, you will find white pies in almost every t- – in pizzeria. So it's still a pizza even though tomato is kind of the defining thing that makes pizza not flatbread or whatever.
5: Um, but, yeah. I mean, but I'd say – I'd put it at number two is the most popular if you're looking at yeah. like a base pizza, right? It's like red and then white and then sometimes you get a pesto or something like that.
7: Yeah, and then if you look historically – you know, like at, you know, like, let's say like Titano's in, in, in Coney Island. I mean, one of the you know oldest continuously operated pizzerias in America. Um, God, their white pie is so good. And it's just, it's so, it's legendary. It's so classic, you know? Um, and so I think it's, yeah, definitely they just, it deserved a shout out, you know? And personally, I just, I love to eat a good white pie because, you know, the dough is also super important to me. So like, um, I always want the, like you if you do a really nice understated white pie, like the dough is really kind of can be, uh, you know, like a, a, a main character as well.
5: Yeah, you know, a lot of characters in the book as well, um, and it's interesting to read a book that is an international travel book in many ways in a time when we're not traveling. Yeah, because um, my my heart hurt a little bit. Um, I think maybe none more than the story of you in Sicily with the fascia de vecchia coming out of the trunk of a car.
7: Yeah, and that was definitely right before, for, before lockdown. That was February. So, you know, that was um, – I had big plans to keep going back to Sicily and, and work on a project there, which is still, you know, a dream of mine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was such an incredible moment where you know this guy um you know i I was with a group of people and we were um you know shooting like some film and stuff for a possible documentary and we had a translator and she spoke standard italian but we were in sicily and we were with these old guys and Mm -hmm. they would be speaking to her and she's like she's like i gotta be honest you guys it's really hard for me to understand a lot of what they're saying but then, then they would speak to each other privately, and she's like, and they are speaking straight Sicilian, and I don't understand any of it. But at some point, they were like, we, we, we heard your family came from Sicily, you know. I was like, yeah, a few generations ago, we came from this little town, Poggioreale, And they were like, do you know any Sicilian? And I was like, I only know like a few words. Like there was, you know, my the like my great grandmother used to call me like you know, like a uh, Cassis, which kind of means like a dummy. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I was like, we used to grow gagoots, you know, which is like this big squash. Um, and he's like, okay. And then I was like, and then she used to make something called facetavecchia. And he was just like, his eyes just lit up. And he was like, de Vecchia. He's like, facetavecchia, that's like our signature dish in this town. And uh, this little car was coming through the, these tiny little streets. And he flags the car down right at that moment. And they open the trunk and they start talking and the trunk is filled with that's still warm from the bakery Unreal. and he pulls it out and I'm eating it. And it's like, it's like a time machine. I mean, it's taking me back to being a little kid and eating this dish that my great grandma, cause you know, they, they were, it was an isolated Sicilian community that they lived in in Texas. And so they had never even heard of pizza, you know? Um, but we started calling it pizza because it's like, yeah, it's like a, in a sheet pan and it's got some tomato and onion on it. And you know, it's just kids want to eat pizza. So you call it that to get them to eat it, you know? Um, but really what it is, is this dish, and to go have, go there and see that. And then I was just actually, I just, I got vaccinated. So I went to Texas to visit my grandmother, you know, who's, um, you know, she's getting up there, but, um, I showed her this picture of this foccia de Vecchi in Sicily and she's like, boom, there it is. That's the stuff. That, you know, that's
5: what we grew up. That's what we grew up eating, you know? And, um, it's so it's the the full circle now of people really understanding and appreciating their roots. I think we saw in the last couple of years with people really claiming ownership to recipes and point location and things like that. Um, I thought that that, that story really nailed it a being like, this is from a specific place in time. You can understand it on one level. uh, But if you understand the history and the people behind it, you get to understand it on another level, but it's also like part of your, who you are and your culture and like, you know what you can share with the world.
7: Yeah. And you lose these things, you know, I mean, as we like, as people travel around the world, you know, and I've seen it happen in Argentina and Brazil and other places where there's Italian diaspora, And then all kinds of other, you know, immigrant communities is, you know, my, they didn't want my, my dad, my dad didn't want to speak the language. He wanted to be an American. He was like a cowboy, you know? And, uh, and then, so we, I, I didn't have any, I didn't get to learn Sicilian. Um, and then, you know, my dad became like kind of a Buddhist hippie. And so like, I didn't grow up in the Catholic church like he did. So like you start to kind of lose these cultural kind of connections. But the thing that you, I think Mm. most cultures and in in an Italian, you know, diaspora culture, the food sticks with you. We always had, uh, we would always go, you know, to either go to my grandfather and my grandmother's house and we would have pasta, big pasta dinners, um, or we would have them on Sunday. We would always do that. And you know, when I was just down there, I was working, um, um, uh, doing a little pop-up and, uh, my grandmother, my dad came up and he, he brought me a food. My great grandmother made me some pasta, San Giuseppe. It was recently mm-hmm. San Giuseppe day. And, you know, again, like not Catholic, but pasta San Giuseppe is something that we would all make, you know, and, um, and, uh, So that was like, you know, those traditions, they really stick with you um, and they evolve over time and place and things like that. But like the food traditions, you know, I mean, to me, my career in pizza, a lot of it was like trying to reconnect with that heritage, you know, um, from the my dad's side of the family, which was, you know, really very influential
5: when I was a kid to me. It's amazing. Um, Now when you get, the level of of where you are as an international pizza consultant and travel the world for for work and things like that. When is it appropriate to put pizza party as reason for working or traveling on a customs form?
4: <laughs>
7: it, it's <laughs> I it's definitely um, I, I'll I did it. I, I, there's a cautionary tale there though involving gatwick airport and the gatwick airport jail um they
5: don't have a round of gatwick man they do not. yeah
7: don't do not tell them you're there for a pizza party if that's the case <laughs> um you know look i i i recognize you know that as a, as an american citizen you know there's a lot of privilege that comes with your passport to be able to move around the world wherever you want you kind of just expect to be able to kind of fly around wow. and do, do your job and just be like, I'm here for a pizza party. Isn't that cool? Um, but yeah, in that particular case, my, uh, I was, I had, I was put in check and, um, you know, this eight hours later everything was fine. You know, it was, it was totally an okay and legitimate thing to be coming to do. Um, but yeah, so I guess long story short, it's 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 appropriate from the beginning, but uh, you know, try to use. Co- I think consultant is a really just that's a good kind of catch. I'm a, cons- a great, I'm a, a consultant. Character. I'm here. I'm here to do consulting work. You're pretty
4: you know, much covered. Those, uh,
5: you know, look, being and you talk about this a little bit in the beginning about like um, sort of people who are disruptors or outlaws or things like that being drawn to food and and being able to change the world through that you know either in front of the bar behind the bar in the kitchen you know front of house things like that uh but sometimes you just gotta know a time and place and and uh international customs is always an odd uh, maybe not the time to flex maybe you're just like i'll flex i'll flex run them out of the airport next no. time
7: yeah that was an early lesson on 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 a uh british customs and b like trying to have fun with them
4: because <laughs> yeah.
7: while my job may be really fun most of the time, it's a hard, it's a lot of hard work, long it's, hours, it's, it's all that stuff, life. but it's, it's generally a pretty fun job being a customs, a, uh, you know, border, that's probably not as fun. So just try to be yeah. a little thoughtful in, in that area. Yeah. But yeah, I usually say I'm here for consulting,
5: even though yeah, in my sure. mind it's like pizza party all the time. Pizza party, baby. <laughs> so listen, uh, I want to make sure we have enough time for one more question. Okay. Uh, congratulations on the book, and this to me, uh, well, it might—it's uh, yes, it's sort of a joke, but also it's sort of serious, of, of of good advice. When is the appropriate time, if any, or level of success that one needs to have before they name a pizza after themselves? See, I, the naming thing
7: I was never really my thing. And um, I I had a pizza named after me very early on in my career.
5: And I ate a lot of
7: it. Yeah. Um, I, t- I talk a little bit about this pizza, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um, and that was someone else. I just happened to have a very cool sounding last name. Um, and so someone thought that that was a good idea and they named it. And like, so... For me I would I would not name a pizza after myself unless someone else did it. But I mean, you know, I was a definitely a rookie when it happened, so I, as a precedent, I think I've laid the precedent that you can go ahead and you know, your first pizza out of the oven, you can name it after yourself
5: if you want, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm on the mindset that you that you wait a little bit. Until you get that pizza that is like this is unique. This really says a lot about me. Yeah, and then you and then you name it after your firstborn. You don't. Name I mean, it after and yourself.
7: and technically that pizza is not necessarily named after me because it's just I just ripped it right off from my grandma. So, you know, yeah, like that's that's yeah. that's a that's she's the real Millennium Falco. Um, yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, well, listen. Congratulations. Um, if people want to buy the book. Check it out, follow on your adventures. Where can they go? Um you can go
7: to my Instagram, which is still uh millennium <laughs> underscore Falco, two L's and two N's. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that pizza. Um my website is piz.za.com and uh forward slash cookbook has all the different places to buy it. You know, I'm pointing people to bookshop.org because it uh, a portion of the Great proceeds website. goes to Yeah, great website. Portions of proceeds go to local bookshops. But of course, it's on Amazon. And if you buy it on Amazon, go ahead and drop me a review. That's uh, apparently very
5: helpful. But um, yeah, it's going to be in bookstores everywhere May 18th. Amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Always sitting down with us. We always appreciate it. We have a song from the archives and then a live performance here on HRN.
2: This episode is presented by Chemists in the Kitchen by LabX, a new video series spotlighting the power of chemistry and how science and food can bring people together. It's a love letter to science, cooking, and individuality. In the first episode, three chemists swap cookie recipes. And once they finish baking, they ship them back to the recipe's owner. Along the way, they share insightful information on how chemistry can help you become a better baker. Watch the first episode and subscribe to the series for free at youtube.com slash lab XNAS.
5: Oh man, hands down one of my favorite French songs of all time. Probably my favorite French song. It's the only French song I have on my iPod. Masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Absolutely. The Yee Yee Girls, if I remember. Yay, yay. Anyway, um, so uh, I want to welcome XNY to Snacky Tunes, who already, before they've even played a song, have just become my favorite band ever to show up because they brought ribs. Woo! He's like, oh, I did my research on you guys. And I go, okay. Uh, And you nailed it. These ribs are awesome. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll talk about the ribs.
8: I'm Jacob.
3: And I'm Pam.
5: Shout out to Damien. Hey. Eat pizza.
4: (laughs) What up, really action.
5: Listen, I said, we'll say it before, say it again, without PR and agents and things like that, our show would exist, so... Hats off to you. You've gotten us out of so many we're jams. Just amazing. I know. I know. Okay.
8: I know. We're uh, the best. Girly action, represent. <laughs> What's up? <laughs>
5: so, I know we're supposed to talk about the music, but talk to me about these ribs. Because <laughs> no, no one's ever brought us ribs before. We got pulled pork from John uh, at I, Dinosaur Barbecue. Okay, no. I almost did
8: pulled pork. No, these are I great. I
5: love ribs. Who doesn't? The tactile feeding. Feeling of eating ribs is like amazing.
8: No, it's internal. That's how food is supposed to be eaten, mm-hmm. where you just like grab it and it gets everywhere, and then you kind of like feel bad, but not really, and you keep going. <laughs>
3: That's the point.
8: Keep yeah. It. Don't it's clean it. It's supposed to be dirty. <laughs> I'm going to clean
5: it.
4: I'll have barbecue sauce on my leg. <laughs> uh,
5: it but you, you won a barbecue uh, rib competition? It
8: wasn't like anything big. It was like... It was okay,
5: let me... Did you compete against other people making ribs? Yes, I did. Did you win? I did. Then that's
8: great. Then, yeah, I fucking killed it. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell
5: yourself, I'm sure these are great. There's a lot of sauce. These are good.
8: Yeah, uh, I like sauce. A lot. Do you get the benefits of his cooking?
3: Yeah, that's all I do. Awesome. That's why. I, that's why he's in the band. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Tryouts weren't so much of uh, how well you could drum, but if no. you could like make
8: ribs. Yeah, that's pretty much it. She was. You keep Pam fed, she stays happy. Yeah, that's true.
3: <laughs> I'm very hungry right now. <laughs> we got no, pizza. I, might, I, guess it's about I know supply, right? that's why, yeah. but I keep staring and I really want it.
5: We always do that with bands. We're like, oh, hey, here's some uh, lactose. Do you want to just
3: <laughs> eat some cheese
5: before you? <laughs> so, how did you two meet? How did you get
8: together? Um,
3: we were living in Boston, where Jacob won the rib-off, and we, we were next-door neighbors, and we actually met because he was playing very loudly um, with his drum set next door, and I told him to shut up, and so we need to play together instead, which worked, and then he made a deal with me, because apparently he was stealing my internet, and he said, listen, if I steal your internet, can I make you dinner, like, once or twice a month? It was like a and trade-off. I, said, Hell I, was like, yeah. I
8: was like, I don't want to pay for internet but I'll cook you dinner because Pam just pretty much lives off of peanut butter jelly and pretzels. And, and now ribs. And now, and now right.
3: ribs. But <laughs> now we, we, we moved in together, so now he I just get food uh, all the are time. Are you two
8: together together? No. No. Oh, I don't know. Maybe.
3: Maybe. Not
8: really, kind of. Are we? Are Who we knows? Knows? <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't
5: know. Look, I mean, you're stealing her internet, you're making her meals, you're living in together, you're playing a band together.
3: It we, does sound we have children together.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we sleep at the same bed. It's head to toe, top sheet, bottom sheet. <laughs> um, that's great. Oh, Boston, I don't miss you that much
8: at all. At, at all. all, I never think surprising? about it.
5: I uh, when I graduated from BU, I left the next day, and I've been back for maybe 18 hours for like work.
8: Yeah, twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Not even. You I would say twenty three
3: hours. If you go there for twenty four hours. We I, actually went
8: there and we told each other we're not going to stay here for more than twenty four hours. In about hour twenty two. Pam calls me at, like, 7 in the morning and was like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And <laughs> we did. Up. We couldn't even do 24 hours. Uh, I go there. I get, like, Anna's Taqueria.
5: And, I go, like, I go oh, there and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, what do we even want to do here?
8: Exactly.
3: You have to be there for a reason. And that's yeah. a good one.
5: That's a, Anna's Taqueria. It's a good reason. Our, the band that we had in last week was from Boston. They were great. They were a lot of
8: fun. Who There's a whole it? new. Yeah, like, what Boston. was it?
3: Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't even matter who it was, because they're from Boston. Oh,
8: shit, Pam. Can't say that. That's a major I mean,
5: what city. It, what, I mean, I don't know what it is about
8: Boston that just...
5: Sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's totally true. People really, like, I have, I have a real just problem with, um, I don't know, like, the winters are really tough, the people are really mean. Yeah. Um,
8: I mean, Bam, Pam and I dropped, we ended our education early to get out of there.
5: Where, where
8: uh, did you guys go to school? Uh, we were at Berkeley, oh, and yeah, yeah. at after, like, two years, both of us were just, like... No. <laughs> no, Don.
5: <laughs> it's it's the city. I mean, I think that they would have a lot more... I,
3: I think if they say to open past 8 p.m. Ugh, that's what, I think
8: that's what it is. Yeah. It's, like, the I, curfew. The yeah. city curfew.
5: Well, the band last, last week, Karl Marx, uh, they're, like, part of, like, the new music trend, um... And then uh, they, there's like a whole new scene. I mean, like there is camaraderie, but I think it's camaraderie in the shittiness of Boston.
3: I completely agree with you. Uh,
5: I mean, there's some good food up there. Like Jamie Bissonette's places are great, but like, but I it's don't know.
3: not good enough.
5: No, it's not like the way that like Philly has gotten its own scene now. Oh and I love, yeah, like, yeah Philly is awesome. Food. And I used to feel that way about Philly, like because that's where I grew up. I was like, I'm never going back there. Never go back there. I'm like, oh, I love this town. Like it's got its own identity. Boss is just like.
3: It's like a city of almost. It's
5: like oh, almost. That's, yep. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That
3: was almost good.
5: Oh, okay. Wait, you know what's going to be great? What? When you play a song for us, right? Now.
3: Ooh, stop mm. it. That's
4: yeah. <laughs> Segue. <Segway. I'm good. laughs> okay. Um,
3: Wait, is Jacob Jacob's still no, eating no, pizza?
5: Okay. <laughs> He's good. Let's do it. This, this whole show is about sneaking in bites of pizza. <laughs> um, so, what's the first song that we got?
3: I think we're going to play Jaw. Are we?
8: <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay, Where's here we job? go. This Ex- is a...
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, no, I mean, you can do it. So no, you, you, no you. please do it.
5: Uh, so here's Jaw by X and Y, live on Snacky Tunes, the pizza remix.
3: Yeah, as I munch on pizza icing. Yeah,
5: okay.
9: <laughs> Set me on fire, my lover and I, had a hard few night. It's getting used to the bite. I'm a shock now. I got a switchblade tucked into my teeth. It's a sharp trade for a faulty grenade. brother. I'm a not- the bite, I'm a shark now set me on fire set me on
5: some good stuff
3: thanks
5: man a lot of a lot of voice coming out of that oh yeah. there's a
3: lot of voice coming out of this thing there's a lot of food going into it you know? a lot of
5: food going in a lot of voice coming out um so what do you guys love about playing with each other you guys seem to have a really good connection you guys seem to be friends
3: oh yeah, yeah.
8: we're all good friends
5: yeah, yeah.
3: we built this friendship
5: <laughs> from stolen internet right from yeah. stolen internet <laughs> oh can i ask what the network name was was it something funny
3: no, no, it was like Atori. That's how he knew it was me. <laughs> it's my last name.
5: Oh, it wasn't. Now our wasn't internet art. name
3: is Funkatron or something. Planet Funkatron. Planet
5: Funkatron. That's good. I feel like there's a whole <laughs> humor sect of uh, wireless names.
8: Yeah, there. Um, somebody in my our building it goes really hog wild with it. Where like, like they change it like they, every day. Like every week, it's just it's new and it's usually like current with what's going on. <laughs> so, I, I
5: feel like that's the new uh, uh, answering machine message. Right, yeah. It's like the wireless connection. Yeah, oh,
1: totally.
8: It's really short, and only a few people really can appreciate <laughs> the creativity that goes into it.
5: So once you guys got the fuck out of Boston, you knew you were coming to New York. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bright lights, big city. Yeah, <laughs> that just drew you.
3: I think it was just because there's more than two music venues in New York. I'm really <laughs> dizzy.
5: Yeah, him. you're going. It's totally <laughs> fine. I'm like, it's like I...
3: a bitter lover. I'm like you. You really betrayed I li- me. I
5: have. No love lost for that city.
3: Okay, good. I'm so glad. Like,
5: the only good view of Boston is in the rearview mirror. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you know Do you know that sign that says, you oh, turn to Boston?
8: It's right next to you. Do you think anyone B. takes you. it? It's, it's right, right
3: next to you. Yeah.
8: yeah. Right when you're, you're heading out, about? there's this giant sign. It's just like, you turn to Boston. You can go out, and it'll take you to Cambridge, and we're always just like, fuck, no. no. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, so you came to New York. You live close to here, right?
3: Yeah, we live off. Graham.
5: Okay, well, yeah, don't man. say where you live. Cause... I know. I just, yeah. I was
3: just taking it back. If no yeah. one really cares. Please come. We need friends. <laughs>
5: uh, so how long have you been in the city?
3: Um, two years now. Yeah,
8: two. You liking it?
3: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think it's fun.
5: So what community? Like, what's what's who your colleagues in the music world? Like, who who you jamming with? Who do who you, who you gigging with?
3: Ooh, as they say. Ooh, do they say that?
5: Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> in the '80s. <laughs> maybe we'll check out LaFooding the if they said gigging. <laughs> <laughs> um who you playing with?
3: We play we play with a lot of different people. We're still like we we really play a lot of New York shows and we're starting our tour um in the spring to do um some bigger stuff which we're doing like without any other bands really. So it's Yeah, like,
8: we're getting a lot of help from Silent Lions which is um an Ohio based band. They're kind of like road wa- road warriors where they just are playing constantly. Um, yeah. Constantly we, gigging on the road. Yeah, just like living out of a van type of thing. Um, does, does
5: that hold any desire for you two? Living to out of a like, van?
8: Yeah. Yeah. Like it definitely does. Out. Yeah, we, we just don't have a van. We have a four-door sedan, which is great for regional. <laughs> well,
5: we, well, it's just the two of you, right? Yeah. yeah. And how much gear do you have?
8: I mean, not a lot. It's just it's pretty much my drum set, and then Pam has two guitars and an amp. So it's not it's not it's too not a much. lot. It fills the car up for sure.
5: No, I guess I guess your vehicle also doubles as
8: possibly where you're crashing. At yeah, times. yeah, we've we've definitely had several nights like trying to push the two front seats back had, as much as we could.
3: <laughs> yeah, and we've stayed at this we stayed at this one place. Um, this person that came to our show, we were like, hey, we really need a place to crash, and we went. And it, it was the most bizarre... It was the most bizarre the sleeping experiment. It was... No, it was... Oh, the van. Which, yeah, what are that you was talking great. About? I'm talking about... We slept in a basement, and oh, the God. person that we slept... Who let us sleep there was sleeping on the couch, and, and like they let us sleep in their bed, which is in the basement. This is, sounds very, very sketchy. It is. And the, the person said, you know, I, I have to sleep with the TV on. It's just comforting to me. So we're like, okay, fine, whatever. So we wake up at, like, 2 a.m., and... It's a channel of Jesus Christ and like, it was like and like it was all one about of those Jesus. Like really religious. Like, I mean, it was the most frightening thing to try to sleep to, and we both just sat there and tossed and turned all night, thinking, "How are we gonna shut this off?" And we couldn't figure out how to
8: shut it off. She had it on. It wasn't just on though. It was like at max volume. Yeah. So, and it was a big screen TV, like an old school. But she was at your show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she was passed out. She was fine. But passed we were out because she was comforted. Yeah, she was TV. comforted by
5: the warm embrace of our Lord and Savior
8: Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, and we
3: were, like, having nightmares, and we were like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm dying tonight. Yeah. We need to get out of here. And we left at five.
8: We did. It was another, we need to get the hell out of here. You know, you start to
5: realize uh, when you do those type of things, uh, like, if you go on tour, you do, like, a lot of crashing with people, is the really, really just, like, unique way that a lot of people sleep. Yeah. And how yeah. you realize that you only I mean, look, everyone sleeps next to like what, like a dozen people in their life. If it's not some like drunken pass out or something like yeah. that. But like when you're like you like, what? It's like, yeah, they had the bathtub running all night <laughs> and like their parakeet was chirping and they were asleep, but I, I yeah. um what keeps me awake is like those old clocks when you can hear the second hand moving. Oh it, sounds, Interesting. It's, it's, it I don't know what it is. And like people fall asleep. I was like I was like, isn't it so loud? Like can't you not hear can you not hear that?
3: Wait, that keeps you... Keeps me up. Oh, keeps you awake. Yeah. I'm thinking you're saying it keeps you asleep. Yeah, was like, like, that no is really like creepy. Sheep no
5: something. way. It's, it's like anxiety. It's like, <laughs> here's the second. That's me thinking, yeah.
3: th- wow, time is really going by, and I'm not doing anything right now. What am I going to do? Sleep? That's, I'm dying was right it, now. It, <laughs> oh, <laughs>
5: oh,
8: <laughs> that's a lot of spirals. death thoughts so while she's trying to go to bed.
5: <laughs> um, are you cooking on the road at all? Do you like, what's what's your food game like? Cooking on the road? Making peanut butter and sandwiches?
8: Yeah, we we do we do a lot of packing. You know, I actually have this weird thing. Um, I I never eat fast food ever, just, you know, because it makes me never. feel sick. But for some reason, well, like, when you're drunk, it doesn't really count. I don't think it is, because, like, Taco Bell becomes, that like, stuff the sacred me... food. Oh, listen, or... That
5: stuff makes me feel worse than drinking.
8: Oh, it's Like, when food? I eat that
5: stuff late at night? Yeah, it's horrible. When I go for fourth meal? Terrible. Feels
8: good going down, but... Fourth meal. But like when we go on the road, I have this tradition where I have to eat at McDonald's. Yeah. I You know what? So, I totally understand. I don't know what it is, and it, I always regret what it. What's your order? What do you and get? I always get the two cheeseburgers with the small fry and a large iced tea. That's a good order. And I put the fries on the cheeseburgers. Ooh. I know. I have to It do looks it. so
3: good. I can't do it cuz I yeah, Pam- I love fries and I can and their fries just taste like plastic to me.
5: Yeah. I'm a like if I go to McDonald's, I get the, the I get a large vanilla shake
4: oh, and a, and nice. like a
5: giant fry, and that's what I'll eat. It's awful. I mean, like,
8: do you ever go to Wendy's and yeah. dip the fries in the, in the frosty? totally. Oh, oh, oh it's like the salty and sweet thing. I don't yeah. know what it does. It's, it's just like it's a
5: big move. You guys that,
3: both sound like you're pmsing. Really? As you're talking about this, I've
4: been feeling PMSing. bloated lately. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and my emotions have been running out of control? Um, all right. In honor of me needing some comforting music while I menstruate, <laughs> why don't we have you play another song?
3: All right, all right, we'll do it. What do, Only what, do you, what do you have? Cure
5: for the Cramps, what do you got?
3: Ooh, Cure for the Cramps. Yeah,
5: it's a freebie if you need right, a song okay, title. Okay,
3: okay, Cure for the Cramps goes out to. Should we do Rotten? Is that, yeah, we can is do that, Rotten. Is that a good title to go for Cure for the Cramps? Yeah. Or yeah. Ride right On?
8: <laughs> right On, yeah. <laughs> all
3: right, we'll do Rotten.
4: Okay. <laughs>
9: Cover me and drag my bones. My lover told me I was headed home. Where'd you go? I gathered all your favorite things. I told you I felt nothing. I was headed home. Where'd you go? How long can you keep us up? How far do you feel anything? You had to go, I know you had to I know you think it's bad for you I think it's bad for me My mouth is full of cotton My mind is rotting I walk on nails every day Just to keep bad thoughts away The nights are getting harder to fight I smother my pride I hope you might be, hoping that I might It's easy for you, it's easy for you I don't have the drugs to keep me quiet Quiet It's easy for you, it's easy for you I don't have the drugs to keep me quiet Quiet How long can you keep this up? How far do you feel it? I know you had to I know you think it's bad Why did you go like that? Why did you love me and never look back? Why did you go like that? Why, why did you go like that? Why did you go like that? Why did you love me?
4: Oh, thank Man. you! Wow,
5: that's so great.
3: Wonderful. So cool. I'm so glad that you're liking it. Would you say if you weren't though? It's like Boston.
5: Um, no, I'm pretty. You know, obvious. No, I mean, look, I, I, we don't book th- things that we don't like on the show. Oh, that's it's funny. really it, it's it's a very good litmus test. Like if you know if you're on the show, we'd like you.
3: Oh, that's so nice.
5: I don't know. It's there's that's our agenda.
3: The same goes for us. With awesome. you, thank you.
5: Well, we know that we all love ribs and we hate Boston.
3: I know. I think. Are. I think we're on a good first date.
5: Man, I, I really. I mean, we. I have to say, I know. I keep harping on this. We talk so much shit on Boston. This show, I like know. I would say, every like at least like every couple of weeks, it's just like fuck that place. Yeah,
3: I think it's good to talk shit about it. Because it's, it's, it's people love it. All right, we'll, no, we
5: gotta stop. We gotta <laughs> stop. Uh, so you guys are going on the road. Uh, yeah. What cities are you gonna hit?
3: We're hitting all of the above.
5: All <laughs> the above? A through D. All yeah. of it. A okay. through D. <laughs> um, is this your first like big big tour? It
3: is.
4: Yeah.
5: Be oh the my biggest. god. You take you gotta take off work, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How many yeah. weeks yep. you take? You going go on the road for? I don't
3: know. Oh, like I think three. We'll probably be taking three
8: off. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Do the people at we won't say where you work, okay. but it's a very suit and tie professional oh, yeah. place. Do they know about your musical?
3: They do, and they're very supportive of it, kind of.
5: Well, I bet you there's a lot of people who are there who just like, ah, man, I gave up my.
3: They are, there are. My, I mean, they all come to me secretly while I'm at, like at the front, like I do reception, right? So yeah. I'll be at the front. They'll come to me and be like, "You know, I, I play piano." <laughs> like, so ashamed. They're like, "Yeah, I, I stopped playing five years ago. on I you know the job." I was like the job like, this is so it's it's all about the job oh I bet
5: you they use the word gig
3: they totally use the they word
5: totally, gig they totally it's like oh you got a gig tonight
3: yeah and they really and they get they get smile like you're smiling
5: yeah <laughs> I mean it's I mean that's you know it's a lot of the, really you know I, I know a lot of people who had a lot of love for musical instruments and they get into those jobs where they're 60-70 hours a week and the family and the money and the money
4: it's
3: all about the money
5: it is all about the money
3: That's what I've learned. Really? Yeah, it's like everyone's in it for the money.
5: No one likes their job where you work?
3: I think think some people do, (laughs) but I think that it's, at the end of the day, it's like, holy crap, I can get a lot of money.
5: Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of jobs that are based in, you know, finance and things like that, I mean, the ultimate goal is to make as much money as possible, and they don't really care, as we've seen.
3: But that starts to make them happy, so then they like their job.
5: Yeah, Yeah. I guess. Ugh.
3: I know. Isn't it hell a to fuck. think about? It's a mindfuck. It's a mind fuck. Fuck.
5: Yeah. It's a total mindfuck. Yeah. Well, at least they know about it. At least you're not trying to keep it a secret.
3: Yeah, I just, <laughs> I went into it and I was like, listen, I'm a musician. And then they hired me, which I was like, wow, this is, that worked. <laughs> and I think it's because they knew that I would just be okay with doing really shitty work.
5: Uh, yeah, no, like I, d- I do all the business. she's an artist. <laughs> she can get coffee. Make her clean
3: out that
9: closet. <laughs>
5: yeah. Hey, could you do your artist music thing to uh, the copier room? Uh, do they ever make you perform at the company parties?
9: No,
3: I, I skipped the last one. I think we had a gig, so I didn't. No, make
8: it. Oh, I know. you got a gig. No, oh, I do had you a know? I
3: <laughs> do you know
8: what it was? I remember what? You were seeing Beyonce. Oh, seeing oh. Beyonce. Yeah. oh yeah,
3: you're right. Because uh-huh. I was like, listen, you guys, I can't make it. I'm going to see Beyonce. And they're like, okay,
5: fine. <laughs> uh, no one was excited that you are seeing Beyonce?
3: I mean, there were a couple of people, that they were jealous. Right. Well, yeah. it, this company, companies are run on jealousy, um, to be honest.
5: <laughs> you know, I <laughs> have to Beyonce? say, at my new company, I don't think there's jealousy. Really?
4: That's yeah. a good company, then.
5: It, they're really good. Shout out to Refinery29. Holding Shout me down.
4: Out. yeah. Uh, no, it? it's great.
5: Refinery29. They're the best. 29. It's it's uh they have a no mean girls policy. That's awesome. It's awesome.
3: There's no there aren't really mean girls at this one.
5: Um no I can't imagine working in a place like that. La isn't like that. Are you a like mean that. girl?
3: Do Are I you disappointed do by I it? seem
5: like a mean girl?
3: <laughs> I mean I feel like if I put on a wig on, a wig on you you'd be kind of mean. I don't
5: know I really I really just I mean have one you of ever the, dressed
3: in drag? If
5: I was just if I were dressed in drag uh I did dress in drag once. And were you mean? No we I used to do all right fine I used to do theater. <laughs> In high school. Okay. And, like, I did carpentry. Oh, and yeah. the third night of every performance was, like, the prank night. And so myself <laughs> and this other guy named Judah Dixine, um, also Jewish, just in case you were wondering, <laughs> Judah Dixine. <Dickstein. laughs> um, you know, you're supposed to wear all black when you're changing sets. And we didn't say anything. We just both showed up in drag. Oh, that's and that's just, awesome. like, changed sets. Like, just did our job exactly oh, the same. God. And so, like, we would come out and move sets. And we were in dresses. That's and, awesome. like, it took... People a little bit of time because it was like you know it was like dark and it was and we were wearing black. But then like after like the second third time, people like saw that like you know we were wearing like stuffed bras and like panties. Like yeah, so that's,
8: that's awesome. Really yeah, really
4: cool. yeah, that's the
5: only time because I was like I was like, how am I going to top that? Because I'm not really a Halloween guy. Yeah. Are you a Halloween people?
8: Not really. Yeah. I used to get really into it. Not really though.
3: It was Pam, the cooking spray once Oh, that was my favorite. That, that was actually was my one top, thing. And then I just didn't.
8: That's ever when I knew there. that I liked Pam, like off the bat. Is I. That's like, a great pun. We poem. friended each other, and I saw like a picture on her Facebook, and she's dressed as Pam, and I was like, boom.
2: boom. <laughs> <laughs> Friends. Friends.
8: Um. Man, I could keep talking for
5: forever, but we I were know. like, we're, we, "I want to get more soggy before we run out of time." Okay, sure, uh, definitely. But you guys can stick around. We got pizza to eat.
3: I know. I have. I have to have a slice. You
5: should have to have one yeah. slice because I'm super full because I ate well, literally every good. station at Taste Talk, <laughs> and then I'm going to the cook it raw thing afterwards, and then I'm going to go home. What is that?
3: And, Are they cooking is there, or is
5: it raw? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really big to do, and I'm like, oh, I should read up on about it before I go, and I just have you not. Think it's raw. I think there's a lot of forging. I don't know.
8: I feel is, like is most, it raw and cooked? I feel like most food starts off food raw is, before is, you cook it. Delivery. I don't
5: and know. Foraging. Maybe it's maybe it's they're huh. wearing like unwashed denim and it's like raw denim. <laughs> <kind> of <laughs> um, well I can't thank you enough for coming on. Yeah. Damien you gotta send me the album. One track is just sure. not gonna do it. You got it. Um, <laughs> where can people find you online? Where are the nuts and bolts? Uh. X
3: music dot com is our Website and then Facebook is facebook.com/slash official. Because there are people that try to be us.
5: <laughs> oh, for real?
8: Yeah. Yeah. There's a company in China that makes watches. And Based trying, on us. And is trying to take our name.
9: Yeah.
5: Um, <laughs> and then all your tour dates are up there and everything. Do you guys have like a band camp or where can people get yeah. the album? We oh, yeah. have the
3: band camp. It's on our website. Okay. Under music. And you can buy the album off there or on iTunes. If you just type in X and Y, it'll come up.
8: Yeah. That's awesome. It's the all letters. X and Y. There's a lot of, is it X It's and great. That's y? some good
5: ability right?
3: Yeah. Totally. Optimized
8: uh, CEO, SEO.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> Look, I mean, we have bands on here. That's like the summer, you know, yeah. <laughs> or like Hugo Boss. I wish. Actually, that'd be a great band name. But uh, that would be, be start band that
3: band.
5: Uh, my days of being in, in music groups. So it's the job. Got no time to be in being a band. Got no time to be a DJ anymore.
3: I want to name my band Cooked Raw.
5: Ooh, <laughs> Cooked Raw. Wait, did you just break up the band? We just broke up. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Shit. You and I well, are starting a <laughs> Uh As long as my part of the band could be, like, percussion sounds with me eating ribs and then oh dropping the bones on the plate. <laughs> yeah.
3: Dropping the bones on the plate. That's a great line.
5: Yeah. That's, That's a what, That
3: should be the title of your album. No, that should be... Put that in your next song. Put the... Yeah, I'm dropping the bones on the plate. Uh,
5: you know, like, the tears the, that drop from my face or like, the bones you drop on the plate. <laughs> oh,
8: my God. <laughs> That's great. That's a good
5: Brilliant. breakup
3: lyric.
5: Yeah. <laughs> There you go.
3: It's like, who are you dating? That sounds intense. Oh, I got
5: a great girlfriend. She's a writer. I credit you know, she never likes credit. the stuff I write for her though. I'm like, "Babe, put this, put this in your next article." She's like, "Ugh, oh, shut up with your 24 hours of puns and terrible jokes." Um, well, listen, I want to thank you guys. This is awesome. Totally love the Sunday show.
4: It's great. Yeah, it's really relaxing. This
5: is a super vibes. Yeah. It's going to be really nice in the winter too Because they bring in, uh, if you can't see it But in Roberta's they bring in this like wood uh, oven Wood fire burning oven oh. And it's just relaxed We'll get all snug up in the shipping containers <laughs> Well I want to shout out everybody Heritage Radio, Roberta's um, I'll, Greg and I are taking next week off He's going to be in London still And I'm going out to feast with Mike Thielen Which was one of my uh, favorite episodes this year He and I just talked for an hour and a half no musical breaks. It was great. We just,
3: was it only your favorite episode? I don't know. Listeners like it. I better? don't know.
5: I, we should ask our six listeners <laughs> and seven if you count our mom. Uh, I know. It's I don't know. If you hey, if you like us, just find us at Snacky Tunes and uh, just tell us that you're out there listening. Um,
8: I like you. I, I know you, you probably rips. I really like <laughs> you.
5: And of course, shout out to girly action. Woo yeah. woo. Always. Um, <laughs> So thank you. And Anna, always a pleasure.
4: Thank
5: you. Uh, thank you for teaching me how to say things in French. Uh, all right, so what's the last song you're going to take us out on?
3: We're going to play Right On.
5: Right On. Right, right On. Out. All right, so here we go. X and Y, Right On, Live with Snacky Tunes. We'll be back in two weeks with Alan Salkin, who just wrote a tell-all book on the Food Network. It's mm. amazing. I'm, like, almost done with it. It's it's, there's some shit that went down really oh yeah
3: I've heard it's it's kind of a crazy environment
4: back there yeah
5: I mean that's the that's what I, that's the environment that I left to take this
4: wow it's
5: nuts and you go you read the book and you go like oh trying to sell TV shows is nuts wow but it's a great book and Alan Salk and I told him he was on here years ago and he's like why can I come back on and I was like when you finish your book <laughs> so we're having <laughs> it back on that's awesome yeah I wouldn't budge I drew a line in the sand I was like just finish your fucking book already
8: is it like a kitchen confidential part two
5: and, no, I mean it's really a biography of it, but it's it. it's okay. great. If you really want to learn, I mean, if you have any interest in the Food Network, it's a must read. Awesome. If you have any interest in like television or just that type of stuff, it's great. They have all the heavy hitters. Everyone's been interviewed. Um, awesome.
3: That is so cool. Yeah, yeah a it's super the cool. Scenes.
5: Yeah. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Man, I'm just dragging this out. I want to add. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, right on X and Y on Snacky Tunes. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And if you're going to be on Portland for Feast. Uh, Find me online. We'll say hi. We'll do a high five. Uh, All right. (laughs) Take it away.
9: I don't know if I can change the world. I was helpless a mile ago. I'm just about to end it all And here I am Looking for a way out It took a heavy heart To hold me down I was running blind I was leaving all your secrets Now I long to keep them Far away from you And all your demons Take a look We'll do you good It's not for you It's for the children We're keeping time On all your baby rhymes It's better if we kill them If we get out It's not about us It's for them I swear to God and I'm not good For you I got trouble I can't speak of I can't keep to myself and I'm not used to you I got bigger things to do I'll grow up just for the fear of getting bitter it's like a drug, I hold my tongue and let my mind get bigger it's bound to get me by if they think I'm gonna try die I Were you bound to me? Were you? Were you chained up like a dog in heat? I can't believe you You bite my leg and tie my.